1: Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, January 19th. Coming up this hour...
2: Stocks drop and treasuries rise as recession fears persist. We
1: take you back to Davos for day four of the World Economic Forum.
2: Apple plans to take on Amazon and Google by expanding its smart home lineup.
1: And Netflix gets set to report earnings this
3: afternoon. I'm Amy Morris. The Supreme Court will not block new gun laws in New York, and Mayor Adams doubles down on his call for a national response to the migrant crisis.
4: I'm John Stashoward in sports. Another home loss to the Knicks beaten by Washington. The Bruins beat the Islanders. The upsets continue at the Australian Open. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
2: Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today.
2: We are seeing a turn in the mood on Wall Street. The tech-heavy Nasdaq 100 snapped a seven-day rally yesterday. And after rising for five straight days, the S&P 500 fell for a second session. In fact, yesterday's 1.6% decline was the worst in a month. Weak economic data are rekindling concern over the outlook for growth. Howard Marks is co-founder of Oaktree Capital Group.
5: With the appearance of the, uh, of the inflation and the increasing of rates to try to stamp out the inflation, mm-hmm. things have gotten harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I imagine people today saying, well, when are we going back to normal like it was five, six, seven years ago? And, and the important thing to know is that that wasn't normal. Right. That was the easiest, the best of times. Right. And, and I, my own belief is we're not going back there. Oaktree Capital co-founder
2: Howard Marks spoke with Bloomberg's Romain Bostick. Marks also says the current rally in junk bonds is unlikely to last.
1: Meantime, Nathan, the best start to a year for bond returns is helping fuel an unprecedented debt sale bonanza. So far, governments and companies around the world have sold more than half a trillion dollars' worth of debt. Virtually every corner of the new issue market is booming, thanks in part to a rally that's seen global bonds of all stripes surge 4.1 percent to start the year.
2: Well, Still, Karen, the Fed remains firmly in focus for fixed-income investors. Now, two Fed officials are forecasting a downshift to quarter-percent rate hikes as the economy softens and inflation. And cools. Here's Philadelphia Fed President Patrick Harker. I expect that we will raise rates a few more times this year, though to my mind, and I this is my views, the days of us raising them 75 basis points at a time have surely passed. In my view, hikes of 25 basis points will be appropriate going forward. Those sentiments from the Philly Fed's Patrick Harker are being echoed by Dallas Fed President Lori Logan, who says she favors cutting back the pace of tightening. A slower pace is just a way to ensure we make the best possible decisions. We can and, if necessary, should adjust our overall policy strategy to keep financial conditions restrictive,
4: even as the pace slows.
2: Lori Logan and Patrick Harker are both voting members on the FOMC this year. The Fed's next policy decision comes February 1st.
1: Well, the global economy is also in focus at Davos, Nathan, during day four of the World Economic Forum. Recession talk remains on the front burner. European Economy Commissioner Paolo Gentiloni tells us Europe is already in the midst of a recession.
2: We are, in, in my view, and in the
5: EU estimate, which is more important, in a period of economic contraction, this is for sure. We, we will have a couple of quarters, the previous one and this one, of a slight contraction.
1: While growth is contracting, European Economy Commissioner Paolo Gentiloni said the EU likely avoided the worst-case scenario. He made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's Francine Lacroix this morning. Let's turn
2: to corporate news back here in the U.S., Karen. We're seeing a new push from Apple to take on Amazon and Google in the smart home space. Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport joins us live with that story. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Apple's playbook includes rolling out what amounts to a low-end iPad meant to control an array of devices. It will allow users to adjust lighting and temperatures, play videos, and much more. iPads already have smart home features, but standalone devices to control everything from one location are gaining popularity. The tech giant has struggled to keep up in a market dominated by Amazon's Alexa and the Google Assistant. Apple will also make adjustments to its Siri voice-controlled service as part of the push. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport,
5: Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, Steve, thank you. Earnings also in focus today as we await results from Netflix. The company reports this afternoon, and as Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger reports, analysts are upbeat.
2: Bloomberg Intelligence says things are finally falling into place for the video streaming service and it could meet or even exceed guidance for the addition of four and a half million subscribers. That's based in part on a solid slate of shows. Investors are hoping to hear more about the rollout of the ad-supported tier and plans for a crackdown on password sharing. Analysts say Netflix could report stronger fourth quarter revenue gains given the recent weakening of the dollar. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. Jeff, thanks. In California, Elon Musk's fraud trial is underway. Opening arguments are showcasing very different pictures of the Tesla CEO. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story.
3: The prosecution depicts Musk as a liar who callously jeopardized the savings of regular people and the defense as a well-intentioned visionary focused on Tesla's future. The issue that Musk tweeted he had lined up financing to take Tesla private at a time the stock was slumping amid production problems and it fueled a rally. The prosecution says he never intended to take the company private. His attorneys say that isn't true, that he thought he had the money lined up. Musk will be the star witness in the two-week trial. In San Francisco, I'm at Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, thanks. And let's turn our focus now to corporate earnings. We're seeing shares of Alcoa down about 6.5% in early trading. The company said aluminum shipments will be weaker than anticipated this year. Alcoa blames ongoing uncertainties caused by global inflation, dwindling demand in Europe, and a soft outlook in China.
2: It is 42 degrees in Central Park. Clear skies for now, but we got rain moving in later today. We'll hit a high near 45 degrees. The rain will taper to a few showers this evening as we head down to near 40. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Good morning, Amy.
3: Good morning, Nathan. The U.S. Supreme Court has refused to block new safety and record-keeping requirements that apply to New York gun retailers, letting those provisions stay in effect while a legal fight goes forward. The justices, with Without explanation or dissent turned away an emergency request by a group of gun dealers who say their Second Amendment rights are being violated. New York City Mayor Eric Adams spoke before the U.S. Conference of Mayors in Washington, D.C., where he laid out a six-point action plan to help alleviate what he calls the migrant crisis in New York, and he doubled down on his call for a national response.
4: Our cities and mayors have guided us this far now it's time for our entire government to support the work that we save. So many lies.
3: Mayor Adams called for a dedicated point person at the U.S. Mexico border, a decompression strategy, and congressional funding to implement strategies in cities with the greatest need. This, as New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy announced free state paid health care for thousands of undocumented immigrant children. New Jersey expects to add 16,000 non citizens under the age of 19 for free routine medical care, emergency room visits, and other services. Meanwhile, Mayor Adams is also looking at ways to repurpose vacant commercial real estate because so many people are working remotely leaving those offices empty. Adams tells Politico that 10 million square feet of space is not being used. I'll turn it
4: into the much needed affordable housing that's that we're looking for, childcare, uh, we need to look at the spaces that are available.
3: Mayor Adams estimates about 50 percent of people are in their offices, compared to 30 percent back in April. A bill that would give terminally ill people the right to end their life in Connecticut is once again before the legislature. The Public Health Committee will be taking up the bill, which failed to gain enough support in the Judiciary Committee last year. This year's measure would allow a doctor to prescribe life-ending drugs to a person suffering from a terminal illness. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Amy Morris. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Amy. Now it's time
2: for our Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. Again, the Knicks figured to win. They won last week in Washington. Wizards only 18 wins on the
4: season. Losers of five their last six, but at the Garden, they never trailed. Jumped in front by 15 in the first quarter and won 116-105. to 105. Kyle Kuzma scored 27. Jalen Brunson led the Knicks with 32. Knicks made only seven of 26 three-pointers. Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett were together 0 oh, for nine. The Knicks coach, Tom Thibodeau. We were playing from behind all night, that, so that that hurt us. They they came out, they you know they were making shots early, and uh, they got a lot of confidence from that. They, that I thought they played really well, and uh, you know we missed shots, and we couldn't get our defense. And the struggles continue at home. Knicks just 11 and 13, 14 and 8 on the road. At the garden tonight, Rangers and the team that's dominating the NHL, the Bruins last night. Beat the Islanders 4-1. to The Bruins are 12 points better than every other team. College hoops, Seton Hall, one-point win over 15th-ranked UConn, who was without its coach, Dan Hurley, the Seton Hall grad. He missed the game due to COVID. This Australian Open, the first Grand Slam in over 20 years, where the top two seeds on the men's side both failed to get out of the second round. The day after Rafael Nadal lost, Casper Rude, the two-seed who lost to Nadal in last year's final. Upset by 22-year-old American Jensen Brooksby, Taylor Fritz, the top seed American, Lost in five sets. The Mets have signed veteran outfielder Tommy Pham. Jets interviewed Nathaniel Hackett to be their offensive coordinator. He was just fired as the head coach in Denver. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports.
6: Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, chairman and CEO of Steeple. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Steeple is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor centric firm built for successful advisors like you.
4: Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on
2: Sirius XM,
4: the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg
2: Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager, bringing you more of our conversation with billionaire Howard Marks, the co-chairman of Oaktree Capital Management. Marks sat down with Bloomberg's Romain Bostick to explain why he thinks financial markets may be in the middle of their third sea change of the last 50 years. Let's listen into that interview
5: now. You say we're basically in the middle of a third sea change. What is it? Well, if you look at the period from the end of the global financial crisis, uh, roughly 09, through the uh, appearance of the pandemic and, and then uh, in the 20 and 21, uh, we were, uh, you know, the, the Fed took extreme measures to save the economy. Mm-hmm. They worked. Very low interest rates, the lowest in history, zero for much of that time. And uh, quantitative easing, the buying of bonds, which puts liquidity into the economy. Uh, these things produced what I would call was an easy environment. Uh, in the economy and the markets, it was—we had the longest economic recovery in history. It was easy to make money. Right. We had low-cost capital. It was easy to mm-hmm. m- make a profit. We had very few defaults in bankruptcy. It was easy to stay in business. It was easy to access capital. Um, everything was easy at that time. And uh, in the last year, of course, with the appearance of the uh, of the inflation and the increasing of rates to try to stamp out the inflation, mm-hmm. things have gotten harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I imagine people today saying, "Well, when are we going back to normal, like it was five, six, seven years ago?" And and the important thing to know is that that wasn't normal. Right. That was the easiest, the best of times. Right. And and I my own belief is we're not going back there. We're now in, a, in an environment of more normal and uh, right. Uh, uh, circumstances. And we're going to roughly stay this way. Well, do we go back? I mean, what do we go back to at all? Because when I sort of read that memo, and I look at sea changes, it sounds like everything new is new. It's never really a reversion to where we were right. in the past. Right. Well, that, that's what a sea change is. It's mm-hmm. a complete transformation, mm-hmm. uh, not just a minor uh, cyclical fluctuation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look, I think that uh, the, the business world, the economic world, is not supposed to be easy. It's not mm-hmm. supposed to be easy to make money. Right. Or, uh, it's not supposed to be easy for uh, companies with bad business models to stay in business, as it has been for the last 14 years. Right. Um, so I think we go back to a period in which we have moderate interest rates, mm-hmm. we have moderate availability of capital, we have a moderate uh, default rate, and so forth, uh, all of which will feel much less... Accommodative, I think, than the last 14 years. But so much of the agita in the market right now is, of course, people trying to figure out what that new rate is, right. if you want to call right. it a neutral rate sure. or whatever. Sure. But I mean, when was the last time that you could remember that we had a stable and persistent neutral rate? Well, it depends on your definition of stable uh, mm-hmm. time wise. But of course, I think that the Fed became activist with the arrival of Alan Greenspan mm-hmm. in the mid 90s. And I think that it, it, it's, you know, we we had, you know, uh, people started to talk about the arrival of the Greenspan put, mm-hmm. that if there was a problem in the economy, uh, the, the Fed would just squirt in some liquidity and solve it. And, uh, and they frequently and, did. And, and they frequently did, including mm-hmm. Y2K and, mm-hmm. and other uh, real and imaginary uh, crises, uh, the arrival of the, the bursting of the TMT bubble, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, so I would say that that's 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that we haven't had uh, what I call a free market in money. But what gives you conviction that Jay Powell and whoever his successor might end up be, being are going to sort of move in a different direction where they're not going to necessarily kowtow to the market in a way that the market has come to expect? I'm applying common sense. <laughs> Uh, You you can't always count on common sense, uh, but, uh, you know, the events of recent years tell me that it's not great to have interest rates at zero. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zero interest rates are really an an emergency measure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody gets a heart attack, you give them a shot of adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Works. Right. That doesn't mean you start your day with a shot of adrenaline every day for seven years. Right. We had rates at, seven, at zero for mm-hmm. seven years. And I think that, uh, you know, and by the, by the way, by the time uh, 16, 17, 18 rolled around, mm-hmm. people started to say, well, shouldn't rates be a little higher mm-hmm. so that if we have a recession, the Fed can cut rates? And, and, right. and become accommodative. Mm-hmm. Well, if rates are a, a zero or a quarter or a half, you can't do that. Yeah. So I think that's an important reason why rates should be positive. And if you want to inf- fight inflation and, and kill off inflationary psychology, which mm-hmm. is very important, you need a positive real mm-hmm. Fed funds rate. Right. That is, the funds, Fed funds rate has to exceed the rate of inflation. And we're we negative We have a now. way to go yeah. before that's the case.
0: What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.